0: Welcome to the MAR Experience, my name is Matt Shebb. After a 27-year corporate career, Dee found himself unemployed and detoxing in the hospital for close to three weeks. He ended up checking into MAR and spent six months here. He said those were six months that changed his entire outlook on life. He learned to practice vulnerability and being okay with uncertainty, skills that he says that he uses to this day in his life, work, and parenting and that allow him to be at peace in a way that he's never been before.
1: My name is Dee, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I am uh, I'm a father, of, a proud father of four. I have two boys that are 18 and, and 16, and I have two daughters that are 13 and 11. When I found Mar, I had lost my job. I'd been in a corporate career for 27 or 28 years, and, um, and drinking was a huge part of my losing mm-hmm. that job. And had, I really had no idea what to do. You know, I was really at the at the cusp of you know having to face the question that I'd been avoiding for probably ten or fifteen years, which is, you know, what am I going to do to make my life better? Um, and and so it was really at a very very low point, and it was a, kind of a, a, uh, about saving my life at that point, about living mm-hmm. and making that choice. Um. And uh, my sister uh, knocked on my door one day. A friend had kind of cued her in, and she came and found me. And um, and I just remember saying, you know, I, I, I need help. I, just, I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and just through a, scurried through three days of research and her really being patient and helping me. And we, based on a couple of recommendations and just a really good feeling, which is hard to explain in that state, but that, that mar just was the answer, and right. it's been—it's changed my life.
0: And so, had you been through treatment before up to that point?
1: Never, I'd never okay. been to treatment at all. I'd maybe been to one or two AA meetings, okay. but n- not enough to grasp it or kind of understand it or have any hope in it. Where were you in terms of willingness at that point to to go somewhere and? Uh, I was willing. I was absolutely willing. And it, it, interestingly, I guess I, um, once we narrowed in on it, she said, okay, well, this is, you know, these are, you've got to go to detox and then they'll admit you into more." And then we went, we went and I uh, went to Sunrise and, and that was the, you know, that's where the process of getting better started. And I was only at Sunrise for like an hour and a half. Oh. I went, I went to the emergency room. Because you had so much alcohol in your system. Yeah, they just one, one. a nurse looked at me, or someone looked at me and says, "You, you don't look very good. You, mm. We probably need to get you somewhere else." And so that's where, yeah, that's where I spent. I spent about three, almost a little over three weeks wow. in the hospital. I, you know, the heaviest moments for me in the hospital were, you know, when my kids would come over. It was pretty tough. I mean, uh, my my former wife uh, would would come over, and and it was just it was tough. That was the hard part for me. Mm-hmm. You know that you know. Just um, yeah, that was the real confrontation mm-hmm. within within me, not with them.
0: They were pretty supportive.
1: They were really supportive. I think you know, and 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 I remember kind of having the clarity. I don't know that um, I don't know that I'd ever seen like concern or fear from them. I may have seen some anger or some disappointment, but that's when I could really start to see that. You know, and that was tough. So, what was it like when you actually get here
0: to the premises?
1: It was, you know, it was, uh, it felt like, uh, it felt, it was a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest with you. I mean, I am, as, you know, as much as I was like, okay, here's my cell phone and here you're turning over all these things and you're, you know, you have limited very limited access to what's going on in the outside world, a very sheltered space. But it, I'd been coming from, you know, from doing some physical rehabilitation, which was like really quiet and calm. And so there was a, it, it was, there's was a little bit of a hustle. All of a sudden there was, you know, eight guys. Mm-hmm. I was seven more guys than me in a, in two apartments as a community and, the guys that I was living with, um, there were one or two fellas that had been in uh, in the community for a while that were just getting ready to move on, and the rest had all come in just about, you know, just within a week or two of, of my arrival. And so we just kind of were in it together. And I say in it together, I mean, I was kind of in the boat with them. I was. They were just kind of showing me where to go. And, you know, I just remember looking around the room when I walked into, Doug brought me over, with my stuff um, halfway through their Monday afternoon community meeting. And I just remember looking around the room and, you know, it was like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, I never thought I'd be in a room with you guys. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right here,
0: here we are right and so then with your background you, which you kind of mentioned a little bit you've been in a corporate career when you when you came into uh mar were there a lot of people from that
1: background or all sorts of different backgrounds uh, uh you know in that group um it was mostly um it was most of the guys were half my age uh-huh. there was one guy that um was that was my age that had a corporate background and was, uh-huh. was a dad and um and uh But the rest of the guys were half my age, Mm -hmm. and um, at least. How was that for you? Like in terms of relating with them,
0: and was there concern about like I'm not going to be able to relate to these guys? They're they're so young,
1: or uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, early on, it was just you know, I don't think I was. I don't think early on I was really ready to relate or understood relating. To be honest Mm -hmm. with you, it was yeah, really wasn't. Um, I mean, I was just, I was so entrenched in just taking care of myself and relying on myself and willpower and mm-hmm. all those you know cliches. um that it was a gift. It was just grace uh, alone that just allowed me just to have some you know peace and some comfort in the room. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I kind of attached myself to this twenty seven year old kid from Kentucky, and I'm like, dude, you're gonna have to get me through this. Yeah. you know, and I went to bed every night next to a you know a a guy even younger from West Virginia, um, and these guys became just close friends of mine. Guys that I could just trust and knew mm-hmm. that they would kind of get me down the road. What was it like here at
0: the treatment center uh, with interacting with the counselors? It,
1: it was good. You know, I mean, it was. Um, you know, I, I felt like I've had exposure to just about all the counselors and enjoyed interacting with them. Um, and and uh, I think it was um, it was a pretty you know a, a pretty easy and peaceful. Situation or process, uh, especially for the first six or seven weeks. Um, It was interesting. I guess you know the the point in time that I kind of feel like was a turning point for me was when I went went in for my phase one review. Basically, in in the first phase of recovery, you you spend some time doing a, a psychosocial review with your primary counselor. You write and then share your life story with the whole group. Um, and you go through and do a what I guess is termed a really strong first step, a very mm-hmm. thorough first step of all your areas where you've um, uh, where your addiction or where alcohol, in my case, mm-hmm. has created trouble trouble in your life. And so after you've gone through all that and had a chance to process that um, individually and especially in your community. Um, uh, then after you complete that phase, your movement, your idea is to go on to the next step of of treatment. And so, you're kind of confronted and I kind of use the term confronted because I walked into my phase one review to look at what had happened over the past previous six or seven weeks and, you know, there are a group of, of, of people that are going to read your life story. Some of them have heard you say it, some of them haven't and go through what is kind of the highlights of your first six weeks and it's all spelled out in front of you. And I just remember um, uh, going into that, not knowing exactly what to expect. And I had a couple of guys that stood up and said, "You know, it's time for you to kind of get this. And there's some things that are just, you know, that you, you know, you you forever have kind of had an incongruency with, you know, how you kind of are on the outside and what's really going on on the inside of you. And until you kind of get those things lined up and can understand what you're feeling and express it." Um, Uh, Then you know you're you're not going to get through this. I mean, it was it was it was tough. I kind of felt like it was a punch in the nose.
0: Not what you're expecting Uh, when you're walking in there.
1: No, it was, but it was love. I've got to tell you. I mean, it was weird. That's one of the greatest things. It's been one of the greatest things that I've that I've learned is, uh, you know, love. Just you know, I, I always wanted to receive love the way I expected it to be. You know, just. You know, my definition of love is how I want to be loved, and uh, you know, guys like Rick McCain and Matt Irwin and and Dave Devitt were really vocal in my review, and, mm-hmm. I, and I got and I was like sad, and then I was angry, and, and I went looking for those guys, you know, <laughs> in the, you know, in the next couple of days, and so I was like, okay, you know, you said it, and I I accept it, but I need to know what you know what's behind what you're saying, or tell me what to do, how do I how do I deal with this, or you know. How do I go forward now? Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to do it, and uh, and anyway, and that's that. Just that was really, you know, probably really where my recovery that that's where it started. You know, I I, I really believe that the first six or seven weeks that I was here, it was much more about just physical recovery, mm-hmm. honestly. Right. And um and, and uh, yeah, that's the way love felt for me that day. That's been a big part of you know transformation for me. You know, um, just, you know, yeah, being able to accept love on its terms and, and, yeah, just to, you know, to let myself be loved on mm-hmm. you who, know, on someone else's terms. And, and, you know, know that, you know, people, even if I'm trying to express love to someone, it may not feel like love to them. Mm-hmm. Gotta be kind of let love be love, I guess, you know, and <laughs> not define it too much. The
0: other thing I liked a lot about that, the story of your phase one review is that those staff members had 45 days to really see how you are. And like that just takes time and takes like a structure where people are watching and holding that
1: space for you for a while for, for that to, for that kind of experience to happen. I think it does, you know, and just the gift of, of you know, being patient and being able to just kind of let it happen. You know, the corporate world is just so demanding of a result and an answer and the right answer. And, you know, the right thing right on time or early. And, and it was, um, I think I was the butt of several jokes, you know, just, to, you know, quietly just because of that and having to let go, but it's been, it was the most freeing thing to kind of break free from that mentality and the need for certainty and the need for, you know, expectation right away.
0: How does that tie into the drinking?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I'd like to believe that there was, I, I think that, that, that my spirit was just, was buried I mean, it was just buried, it was crushed because of my pursuit of the things that I told you, fitting in, being accepted, um, uh, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, what I should be doing by, you know, society standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's how it ties in, that spirit that was in me that they kind of saw, okay, there are these feelings and these things that are going on inside of you, but the, you're not expressing them or showing them, you're denying them, you know outwardly um that's where the drinking part came in because that that was the relief from mm-hmm. not having to that allowed me to avoid and not confront the mm-hmm. discrepancy there i mean that's that is completely what it my, the last 15 years of, of drinking was for me
0: so yeah so then you you go and talk to those guys that kind of gave you t- some of that tough feedback that tough love um, what were some of the things they said to you when you came to them pretty willing and open, like I heard what you said, wh- what do you, where do I go from here? What was some of the feedback they gave you?
1: Um, you know, I think it, it, that's really, um, uh, that is where I kind of, uh, I, I think that's where I tried to start uh, pursuing vulnerability. I think um, the, the, the biggest part of that, uh, just to boil it down, to something simple was just really allowing myself to be vul- having the courage to be vulnerable, and um, and and that and that was what opened up. You know, the the that kind of took away the need for certainty. You know, and needing to know everything down to the exact just everything about everything. Being vulnerable that really that was such a key for me. So that was, yeah, being able to, I spent a, a lot of time um, with Rick McCain talking about vulnerability. And he's a, a trusted friend who's been a big part of my recovery. Can you uh, kind of explain Rick's role and what he does here for people? Well, Rick was, well, Rick was the guy that kind of, uh, he, he, he put my jaw in the right position so Matt Irwin could punch it <laughs> in, my, in my review <laughs> pretty much. Rick is the nicest guy and he spends most of his time with professionals and and I really wasn't in that uh, in that group going through halfway and so that's why I didn't really know Rick that well until then Um, but he is he's just one of the uh, he's he's a guy who's got a heart that I would like to model mine after and uh, he was he was free with his time to and shared his time and his experience uh, and knowledge with me about getting to be you know allowing myself to be vulnerable Mm-hmm. and uh, that and that led me on a path uh, uh, somewhat in parallel but also to working really closely with Doug and um, mm-hmm. I was just privileged to be able to spend a lot of time with Doug and between those two guys they really you know the need for certainty was really moved largely away um, and the ability just to, just to allow yourself to be present for someone and understand how big a deal that is and not having to have all the answers and not having to you know Fix everything and, and and provide a solution. People look at me, and um, and sometimes I struggle with answers mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can't really explain. You know what I'm what I'm trying to do, and I don't know what I'm trying to do a lot of times. I'm just trying to kind of let you know, let God lay a path out mm-hmm. in front of me. Um, There's a different structure
0: to your life now that doesn't really have that much to do with with uh, work. In ter- I mean, you have you go to work right to make money because mm-hmm. you need to need it to but that's not
1: what guides your decisions and um, your values as much anymore it, it no it doesn't i mean it's i work at the farmer's market and it's a place that i had always you know heard about and said you know one of these days i'm going to make that 20-minute drive across town uh-huh. to go and check this place out and never was just too busy to do it uh-huh. um and uh and so <laughs> i was in you know a lot of the guys that i was in treatment with are like Oh, well, I guess I'm just gonna go to the farmers market and go to you know and work there. And I was like, We can go to the farmer's market and work. <laughs> That's cool. So that was a job you got while you were here. Yeah, so it was my recovery job. Oh, wow. And and it started out in the very, you know, at the very, very entry level. Uh-huh. And um and and I've I've stayed there and I've had opportunities and responsibilities that have grown and and that I've been able to take advantage of and um Uh, and it, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a great situation for me and the guy, the guys that I work for and, and with, it's just become a real important part of my life. I mean, I just, the rich interaction I have with customers, you know, I have people in my phone that i never thought I would, you know, that are, you know, i never thought I'd have conversations with or me Uh just that, that just want to talk about, you know, what to add to their recipe or what they're looking for or how they're going to cook it's just it's a little it's there's some substance that's authentic to to me um and that's why i like it so are there any particular moments that you remember
0: um with the community of really clicking with the like okay i'm in the right place i'm safe here i I can feel myself kind of getting better moving in the right direction you can are there any things that come to mind about that
1: I just remember, you know, my favorite times, you know, during the first, you know, in halfway were absolutely the evenings, you know, um, when we would, you know, we would finally finish the day and whether it was, you know, whether it was seven, eight or nine o'clock, you know, we'd all be in one of the two apartments and just, you know, for the most part, they were, you know, they were, it was just, just kidding around with the guys and just laughing at each other or telling jokes, watching TV, mm-hmm. watching, I watched a lot of baseball. I remember when the, um, I watched the, I leaned on the World Series every night to kind of get through the first. Was that <laughs> when
0: the Cubs were, yeah,
1: yeah yes. that's that when the Cubs won. That's yeah. When the Cubs yeah. Won. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was a big deal. Yeah. Right. Um, but, and we had some moments, you know, there was, I'd say pretty much seven of us went through the, you know, through the halfway program together and the the, the eighth person was kind of a revolving door. And mm-hmm. so there were moments when, um, <laughs> you know, as the old guy in the group, you know, um, it was, it was awesome to see where, you know, younger guys, people half my age um, were like, you know, we've got to do something with this. You know he he's using the telephone and he's not allowed to make a you know a fourth phone call. Um, you know this is a rule and it can't be you know and we just it, as little as it as it, as it, it is you know these little rules are made to be you know to prepare us for bigger rules mm-hmm. that we're gonna want to break mm-hmm. and. Yeah, there were there were plenty of those moments that as I sit here and talk to you I kind of I'm remembering how we had to make those confrontations mm-hmm. and those really were the things that you know I mean I could say uh, joking telling jokes while we watch baseball was you know how we bonded and got close but it was and it was really how do you deal with a tough moment here's a guy that we've gotten no, to know for a month and we're trying everybody's trying really hard to make him feel welcome and to and to all you know be a community and he just, you know, for whatever personal reasons, he can't let himself be here. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, you know, finally he goes away for an afternoon and comes back drunk like nothing's happened. And we've all been sitting around worrying about him. And that's where we, get, we got close mm-hmm. and sitting in a room worrying about, you know, the eighth man. Where is he? Mm-hmm. Is he going to come back? Right. <laughs> and what do we do about it? That, those were those were bonding moments. Those were moments where we got close and had to do things that all that we, you know, that that needed to be done and didn't want to do, but we did them. We may not know how we're going to do the right thing the right way. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but at the core, there wasn't too much of you just don't tell on somebody. Yeah, right. And so that was where a lot of the conflict was. Like, yeah, I had a guy coming to to the. I was I happened to be alone um, watching baseball early on, and he came and he goes, "I'm making a phone call because I got to get stuff straightened out at home, and I just need you to have my back on this." And I'm like, "How many phone calls have you made this week? Mm -hmm. How much time are you allowed on the phone?" If you make that phone call, I'm going to have to tell somebody, and it's not because I don't have your back. It's because I do have your back, and, and 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 if you can't accept that, if you can't understand that, I'm sorry. And and I didn't get good at that until I watched a 27 year old do that. I don't know that I'm good at it still, right? <laughs> to be honest with you, but I watched a 27 year old guy do that you all
0: taught each other how to how to do these things completely that's something about the therapeutic community model that that's also hard to communicate to people that don't have any experience of it that how much you learn from the other people you're in treatment with um, modeling those behaviors of how to to be a,
1: a healthy community member it's, uh, yeah, I have, you know, it's, uh, uh, um, for better or for worse, I don't have anything to compare it to. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it it's I see the huge value in the therapy community. I just, I can't see any other way that I would have been able to to do what I've done in, you know, in just under two years. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other way. I was, I had a, a close friend of mine that I had coffee with this morning and had a very similar conversation. And I said, I don't know how... I don't know how someone just kind of walks up to a meeting or at a person and says, I'm just, I need to quit drinking. And someone helped me, you know, and, and figures out, I mean, I needed that whole community. I needed to be in that environment. And, um, and, uh, and thank God, you know, that I was at a point where I could, you know, could thank God for what I had to go through to, to make a transformation. I just, I, you know, I, um, so much of my recovery, kind of goes back, I Always, it always just kind of goes back to my kids. Um, but so much of it was, um, you know, figuring out how to do that, mm-hmm. how, to, how to be their dad. And um, I just, I, I never could have fathomed, how do I sit down with them without just telling them? I have, you know, knowing that I have no idea how to tell them how to live their life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, you know, be a leader as a dad and tell them these things, Um, giving them probably nothing, but rather on the other side now, just sitting down with them and without saying anything, giving them more Mm -hmm. than I ever did. I mean, that's really where that vulnerability played out for me. That is where having the courage to be vulnerable played out for me in being able to to sit down with one of my children and not have any idea what's going on with them. And somehow being able to say, I don't know what you're going through or how to get through it, but I'll go through it with you.
0: Not needing to have the answers.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Then you learned how to do that here.
1: I totally did.
0: That's powerful, D.
1: <laughs> you know, it's kind. It's funny, um, <laughs> but there's a guy here that you know that asked me. Uh, you know. You know. Several times going through halfway and three quarters, he goes like, "Have you had that? So how on earth did you get here? Moment yet? Look at where I am. How did I get here? And um, that the one that I just explained to you—that's the one. Mm. How did I get here? That's where. That's like uh, now. This is a miracle. How did I get here? Mm.
0: Being able to be
1: there with your kids, yeah, and I mean, it's for me, it's it's very particular to my kids, Mm but but that's it's not you know it's not it's it's, uh, that's with the people that I'm friends with and Mm -hmm. that I can you know that I have relationships with. Mm
0: -hmm. That's your how did I get here moment?
1: Yeah, that's how did I get here? That's really the that's the miracle that I'll never get an answer to. I mean, I can look at it academically, you know, what I've done, but spiritually, how did I get here? Because I couldn't have done this two years ago, stone cold sober. I wouldn't, I still, I would have been with the, you know, I would have been, you know, not listening to a word because I'm trying to figure out the answer. It it all ties in really, it
0: sounds like, with what you were talking about earlier about that letting go of certainty, which was so crucial for you and staying sober and getting through your time here. Okay, I don't know how it's all going to work out ties into your career but then also how you relate to other people um not needing to know the answer for them or or trying to figure it out
1: it's absolutely I mean Mm. it ties into every that that affected every every relationship that I was in Mm -hmm. every single one I mean that all that that goes to how do I present myself Mm -hmm. I'm certain yeah I know you know um, you know, that, that ties into fitting in and being accepted and doing what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know, you know, where my career path is going. Yeah. You know, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with my kids. Yeah. It's going to be okay though.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that, 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 that's the only certainty that I, you know, that I, that I need. I just, I believe it's going to be okay.
0: Mm. How did you get in touch with that, that? feeling that underneath it all, whatever ups and downs, there's going to be, it's going to be okay.
1: It it, it wasn't a particular moment. It Uh took, it took some time. It took a while, you know, most of the, it, you know, it was probably six or seven weeks when I was like, it's not going to be okay. (laughs) I have no idea what's going to, you know, um, you know, for, uh, you know, it felt like, you know, um, It felt like there was still an expectation, even though I was kind of the people that I would get have expectations from were kind of limited while I was in halfway. But there still felt like there were expectations of okay, you know, we're going to go do the long ninety day treatment. But then when are you going to get back and doing what you're, you know, what you do? Mm -hmm. And 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 it was a while. It was it was in that second half of halfway and three months and three quarters where I was just kind of like realizing. You know, I've got enough to pay my bills, and I've got enough to do the things I want to do. I really don't know that I'm missing out on a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and and it's just it's everything is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have to you know, everything doesn't have to be a grind. And 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 I didn't feel like you know I just I watched my parents grind. God bless them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean because they did so much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know I you know. Um, they did They, but they were grinders they worked hard mm-hmm. and that's you know I, that's what i felt like i was I, I, that's how things got done is the way i i just figured and um just being away and being in an eight-man community primarily for for you know for 90 100 days or whatever is that's that was the process for me that realized hey you know what I've been through a lot, and if I've made it through that, then I'm gonna, there's not a whole lot more that I'm not going to be able to make it through. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it came down to. You had to feel that six weeks
0: of it's not going to be okay, and then find out,
1: oh, it is It is okay. I mean, it is, and, you know, to kind of, you know, maybe that was a part of, um, you know, whenever the moment was, you know, I just remember, you know, in prayer, you know, and it was um, a moment where, uh, you know, where it's was like, you know, you keep asking me to move this mountain, and I'm not moving the mountain. But I'll, you know, I'll climb over the mountain with you. And uh, that that was kind of that's that was kind of where the spiritual swing was.
0: I like that. Wow. So, if there's one thing that you would have that you could uh, pass on.
1: To the people that are listening, what would it be? Take the time to, to to get to know your deepest self, and and the and the things that we're taught to do. You know, to get to know yourself, and what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that make you um, glad, scared, afraid, angry? And, you know, and be comfortable with them, and accept them. Just accept them, and 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 figure out where to go with them. Um, just be the most authentic person you can be and you'll be a better person for those around you in the world. That's perfect.
0: Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Right. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience. The executive producer for our show is David Tate. I'm Matt Shedd. If you want to connect with us, have questions, or want to be involved in our podcast in any way, you can email us at podcast at org. That's podcast at M-A-R-R-I-N-C dot org. Also, if you've enjoyed the show, you could give us a rating on iTunes, which would be great. and would help us reach a wider audience. And we'll see you next time.